1: Let's jump into Peppa's world of play. Look for spring flowers, hunt for muddy puddles, and bravely explore exciting places
0: with Peppa play sets. Peppa Pig. Inspiring kid confidence.
2: The following is a presentation of IMG, America's home for college sports. This is Duck Inside. This is Duck Inside. Inside on the Oregon IMG Sports Network. 25, They will not get it! He makes the grab! Welcome to Duck Insider on the Oregon IMG Sports Network presented by OnPoint Community Credit Union. Better banking, local solutions. Time now for your daily dose of Oregon Athletics. Here's your host, Joey Mack.
3: Thank you and welcome inside the Duck's door for Duck Insider presented by OnPoint Community Credit Union. I am Joey Mack and thanks for joining us. Deputy Athletic Director Eric Rodell also kind enough to join us today. We'll be talking a lot of tennis, talking some baseball, basketball. Uh, You know, we were even just talking before going on the air today, and we'll take your Facebook comments and questions over the course of the show. We thought that we were going to be a little bit busier during this spring break, but unfortunately uh, neither basketball team is still playing. I guess we got our our fix of that last year, didn't we?
4: Yeah, we've had a couple great runs the last couple years, and and I definitely thought we were going to come out of last weekend on the women's side. But what a great year they had, a historic season, and – Definitely something to build on as we move forward.
3: Well, let's talk about that a little bit to kick things off. Uh, we'll get to men's basketball, women's basketball. I mean, it's kind of a, an all-department check-in with you here during spring break. Uh, but how about before that? What are you doing during spring break? Anything exciting? Well, the
4: kids are around. <laughs> that That's cool. So we're, we're getting out and about a little bit with them. We had a, a crazy neighborhood game of Bump last night when Bump. I got home out on the the basketball hoop. Oh, okay. okay. It's kind of their version of, like, uh throwing free throws and trying to knock each other out okay sound exciting to you yeah it does actually um no just uh getting caught up with some things you know March is always a crazy month when you get into the conference basketball tournaments and then the postseason sure and uh yeah it kind of slowed down a little earlier than we thought it would this year but uh you know again we're so excited about the trajectory of both the men's and the women's programs and uh, both coaching staffs are doing a terrific job uh, building the culture and, and certainly in recruiting and tons of excitement coming into 2018-19 on, on each of those programs.
3: Before we talk more men's and women's basketball, uh, there's been a discussion that you may have some of the most talented dancers for children. Have you heard this before? Because <laughs> they're always on the vid- they're always on Night Vision at Matthew Knight Arena. I mean, so do they get that from dad or do they get that from mom?
4: Yeah, well, they definitely don't get it from me. Um, <laughs> I would have been hiding from that camera if I were their age. But uh, you know, it's interesting. You know, when we first moved here, EJ, our oldest, was four, and Ryan, our middle, is two. Jake wasn't even around yet. Okay. Now E.J.'s ten, Ryan's eight, and Jake is five. And the, the ten and the eight year old have kind of phased out of trying to find the camera, huh. uh, where the five year old is all about the camera. Really? He wants the camera on him at all times. So uh, he's done a pretty good job of finding the camera this season, and, and he's thrown out a few crazy moves here and there. <laughs> but, well, I, you know, it's interesting. I'll be walking through the arena or, or just at games, and, and people do love to come up and say, hey, I saw you on the camera. And they, the kids get a kick out of that.
3: Well, that's good. Yeah, no, we, we, we even talked about it because I said, oh, yeah, Erickson, come on, Dan. And, and a couple people in the office were even like, hey, he has the best answers for children. So uh, it's become a thing. And now, there's, now there's pressure. I mean, I hope that, I hope that they're I'm up gonna, for that pressure. I'm going to
4: have to let them know about yeah, that. Yeah, I
3: mean, I there is a little bit of pressure.
4: Many celebrities.
3: They, they are. They are, absolutely. Deputy Athletic Director Eric Rodell is here with us for Athletic Director Wednesday, brought to you by Bymart. Uh, we touched on it a little bit. Uh, let's talk women's basketball, a historic season. I mean, I, I said yesterday, Eric, it's the best team in the history of the program, and I'm not sure there's even a dispute with that. Program record for wins, program record for conference wins regular season and tournament champs, you get to the Elite Eight, I think it's the best team we've ever seen for women's basketball.
4: Yeah, I mean, when you look at all the metrics and, and the records, certainly, and I'm not a historian of Oregon women's basketball, but... Um, Terry Johns I, agreed I, with me. I, so. I have to think that you and Terry are on, on target with that assessment. But even more than that, it's the people in the program, the the coaches and the way they conduct themselves in the community and with their student-athletes and and just watching our team play watching them practice just seeing the the energy the effort um the way they make plays for each other the amount of fun that they have out there and it's really been infectious with this department and in the community and you look at the attendance yeah. and all the interest uh, that that they've attracted you know within the media and just in with our local fan base it's been phenomenal and again it's been a, a really fun to watch the development of that program and you know, watch out next year. I mean, we've got a, a great nucleus. They're really going to miss Lexi, obviously, but got some terrific pieces coming in for next year that, to complement what we already have.
3: Yeah, it is Pac 12's youngest team, after all, and I think that people have quickly forgotten that when they have the season that they've had. What does a player like Sabrina Inescu do for an athletic department?
4: Well, I think, you know, she's just a reflection of everything that we want to be. You know, she's a, a terrific young woman, and. And she's an outstanding teammate and, um, you know, the, the talent that she brings to the table and, and, um, just the impact that she has overall as a student athlete has been tremendous. And, you know, she's been so much fun for all of us to watch and, and to be a part of that. And, um, again, the, the brand, uh, that they're building in our women's basketball program is in large part due to, you know, players like her and Ruthie and, and all the others, you know, throughout the program and. You know, all the, a lot of credit goes to Coach Graves. You know, he came in and he inherited a certain culture and a, and a program, and and he and his staff have really worked hard to to build their own program and culture, and it's it's been really successful.
3: Fair to say, they're still ahead of schedule, or is this right on schedule now?
4: No, I'm. You know, we we thought all along that they were going to be a, a Final Four type team within some period of years. Yeah. I, I think. <laughs> You know, doing it this early and and last year and this year, you know, have been pretty special. But, you know, now you know the stage is set, the the table is set for them, and and uh, just to continue to build on that, and I'm sure that I was not in that locker room after the game against Notre Dame, but I'm sure there was a lot of of devastation. You know, that's a really competitive group, which is part of what makes them so successful. And they definitely wanted more and they're gonna come back next year even stronger.
3: Yeah, we talked about this yesterday, but to sum that up even a little bit more, Sabrina Escu gets asked, Hey, what are you gonna remember from this season when you get some perspective? And she just goes, I'll remember this game. Yeah. And that's that's that competitive spirit that I know the entire athletic department wants that, right?
4: Yeah, it's about building a championship culture and, and we've got so many great staff and coaches throughout the program and everybody's bought into that, that you know, across our twenty sports, we wanna win Pac twelve championships and we wanna compete at the highest level nationally and on a broad-based level we've really been able to do that and you know we've been the the top 10 of the directors cup each of the last two years and you know this year I think we're we're trailing a little bit in points relative to the last two years but again we've you know been one of the most successful programs by any metric nationally I think there was a statistics that uh, up at this to this point, since 2010, we've won more national championships than any program in the country. So, in large part due to track, but again, we've been making deep runs in a number of sports.
3: Men's golf uh, helped out with that one. And if you had told me 10 years ago that uh, the next program, besides men's basketball, who won the first one, which was actually uh, 79 years ago yesterday, yeah. and then track if the next one was going to be men's golf i probably would have said nah softball basketball something else but instead <laughs> men's golf and it happened i mean it just so happens it works out and i kind of want to ask you this too i mean men's golf wins it at home right they're hosting the other part of this is looking to the future of women's basketball it's got to be exciting to know that portland is hosting some of the rounds of the NCAA yeah. tournament i mean ducks were in spokane that was a nice trip but portland sounds a whole lot better in the next couple of years
4: huge opportunity we just got to play our way into that opportunity and uh you know make sure that the committee really has to put us there. Right. That's Uh, you've you've got to earn that opportunity, but yeah, hosting a first second round as well was a great step this year for the program and, and bring all that energy into the community and and getting them out to Matthew Knight arena. We had one of the best first second round sites nationally in terms of attendance and energy got great feedback from the NCA staff from the visiting team. So that's a huge credit to the people in our community and the energy and passion they brought for women's basketball this year
3: i'm actually curious so what what that process was like i mean what was some of that feedback and now it's been a while since you hosted a tournament like that for the women's basketball
4: yeah well i i don't know how many years ago it wasn't that many years ago where uh like the men's side it was all preset right now you've got the the hosts that are selected based off their seating so you've got to earn your way to that first second round host and You know, we've been hosting NCAA championship events across a number of sports, Mm -hmm. you know, for a number of years. And certainly in the six years that I've been here, you know, whether it's been baseball, softball, uh, track and field, um, you know, all the the way across our, our sport lineup, we've always done a great job. And that's a testament to our staff that puts in, you know, a first class effort to make sure that we, you know do everything we can to create a great student athlete and fan experience and then the community who comes out to watch and really support it. So we've been getting great feedback from the NCAA all along and and this was just a reinforcement of that. Um you know you look at the track championship and the fact that it's uh been here for I think 6 years in a row, the yeah. outdoor track championship and and will be for some more years to come and and again, this is a special place where people get behind not just the Ducks, but college student-athletes in general, and, and that is what enables us to continue to bring these events back. But in the case of women's basketball, you've got to play your way in. You've got to earn that, and our team certainly did, and, and hopefully we'll be a consistent host here in the years to
3: come. Yeah, it'll be a well-oiled machine. At, uh, at that point with the way this team is going. Athletic Director Wednesday brought to you by Bymart. Deputy Athletic Director Eric Rodell, our guest. Uh, one thing, though, it was weird to see all the blue in the green and yellow Matthew Knight Arena. Get those, those NCAA logos. It's a little yeah. different. It's a little bit of a different Yeah, event. it's a
4: different feel. It's like going back to 2011 we hosted the Pac-12 Football yeah. Championship. That's and, right. And there were a lot of confused Duck fans <laughs> when we did that <laughs> because the, you expect it to have the feel of a home game. No and, shout. And, yeah, there's there's nothing you know, it's got to be a neutral type of an environment, and you do everything you can within the, the parameters to create that atmosphere. But it is a little bit different, but it's an it's a privilege to be able to host those events.
3: You think with the way that things are building, I mean, thinking ahead to next year and season tickets, I know fans are already wondering about season tickets. What would it take to have those those curtains be open? I mean, have you guys kind of thought about that with the growing fan base for women's basketball?
4: Yeah, well, you we'd love to fill Matthew Knight arena, you know, night in night out for men's and women's basketball. And we've made terrific progress on both of them and on the women's side. Yeah. I mean, let's, let's grow our season ticket base by another couple thousand and let's keep, you know, filling it up with students and and bringing in the energy. And yeah, ideally you can open up at least some of those curtained areas and, and uh, fill it up. But you also want to create that full, you know, exciting atmosphere and and one of the beauties of Matthew Knight Arena is you can kind of fit it to your fan base a little bit, so you don't feel like you're in this big cavernous arena, even if you have a pretty good crowd of four or five thousand. Yeah. So, that's that's one of the great versatile pieces of Matthew Knight Arena. But yeah, let's fill it up as much as we possibly can, and we we think women's basketball is going to continue to to grow the base and. Yeah, we'll be one of those special programs throughout the country where they do generate, you know, six, seven, eight thousand
3: 8,000
4: per night in attendance.
3: Makes it a tough place to play, that's for sure. We've seen that uh, with some of the environments at Matthew Knight Arena. And then on the men's side, I know not the season ending that the Ducks were hoping for, I mean, but the program standard now, as Dane Altman has continued to say, is to get to the NCAA tournament to make runs. But I think still a lot of excitement around this team, particularly with that recruiting class coming in next year.
4: Yeah. This season, you know, obviously was a transition year for us. And what did we lose seven out of our top eight scorers from the the previous year and a a really special team. And, um, yeah, we've got some great pieces to build around and, and obviously the, it's been well chronicled, you know, the type of, of student athletes we have coming in for next year and ton of excitement around the basketball program. And, and, you know, we've got the best coaches out there and, uh, our fans have been terrific, even this year. The students, the the, the community, and getting behind the team, and you know, we're going to have a lot of fun in Matthew Knight Arena next year, both with the men and the women.
3: That's the thing. I mean, when it gets rocking and rolling, I, I've heard Jerry and Terry always tell me that there were years where both the men and the women at Matt Court were just rolling, and we haven't really seen that at Matthew Knight Arena yet. But I think it's it's getting there. It can start to snowball.
4: Yeah, and you know, I I think we're going to rival any school in terms of the energy and the talent and the passion behind our basketball programs in the years to come just by the great things that our our coaches and our our student athletes are doing yeah and uh you know it's been a process it's been uh building for a few years now but you know, we've had the postseason success and and you know the the community again is is getting behind it
3: eric rodell deputy athletic director here with us for athletic director wednesday brought to you by biomart we're going to get a quick break uh, haven't even talked about the diamond sports we'll check in on tennis and what else is going on here during spring break? We're back with more after this on the Oregon IMG Sports Network.
1: This is Joel Block for The Law and You with Eugene attorney Laura Johnson. Laura, I understand Oregon is leading a national effort to protect children from chemicals in certain products.
4: Joel, it's called the Toxic-Free Kids Act. It requires manufacturers to disclose and eventually phase out
1: harmful chemicals that are known to cause health problems such as cancer, learning disabilities, and chronic diseases like asthma. Children and pregnant women are especially at risk. Oregon's law helped
4: lead the way to new national laws, the first in 40 years. Implementation will be the next step and will take years. As new chemicals are identified in the Toxic-Free Kids Act, we'll be posting them on our website. Our firm has worked to bring public awareness to lead-free children's toys and alternatives to pesticides in parks. Our goal is to protect Oregon children from
0: harmful chemicals.
1: Thanks, Laura. To learn more about the Toxic-Free Act and sign up to get reports on chemicals, visit CorsonJohnsonLaw.com. The law and you is part of Corson and Johnson's work to make communities safer.
2: More Duck Insider, coming up on the Oregon IMG Sports Network.
3: So, you know, I'm a dog, and I'm kind of new to this family, but I've noticed a trend. My humans do this thing where they go around and get all my toys and hide them in this basket, but it's always the same basket. And it's always the same place. And then they act so surprised when I find them. But I'm like, hello? That's where you put it last time. Humans
0: are the worst at hide-and-go-seek.
5: A person is the best thing to happen to a shelter pet. Be that person. Adopt. Brought to you by the Ad Council and the ShelterPetProject.org.
6: Hi, I'm Matt Kenseth. You don't have to be a race car driver to know that life can be full of drama. Some of
3: it you can't control, like mechanical issues, high winds, and rain delays. But there's some drama you can skip.
2: Skip the drama that comes with not having your high school diploma or equivalency. Find free adult education classes near you and finish your diploma. Visit finishyourdiploma.org. That's finishyourdiploma.org.
3: You just need to take that first step and find free classes near you and leave the drama for the racetrack.
2: Brought to you by the Dollar General Literacy Foundation and the Ed Council.
3: Back for Athletic Director Wednesday, brought to you by Bymart. I'm Joey Mack, joined by Deputy Athletic Director Eric Rodell here on Duck Insider, presented by Bond Point Community Credit Union. Talking a lot about basketball, uh, let's check in on baseball. Uh, they had a great Saturday. Not so great on Sunday. Not so great on Monday. I think they're still searching for that consistency. And it's a big trip uh, down to Stanford. You and I were even talking before getting on the air here. A lot of opportunities in front of the Duck baseball team with some good teams on the schedule.
4: Yeah, they're sitting what fourteen and nine and two and four in the conference, and they have huge opportunities in front of them. The meat of the season is really still in front of them. Um, but it, it's been an up and down start. You know, they. I think you hit the word. It's consistency, and we've got some talented. Players out there, and you know, both offensively and within the pitching staff, and and out in the field. But we've kind of yet to put it together on a sustained basis. And yeah, uh, you know, I'm excited to see how they match up with Stanford, who might be playing, might be one of the top two or three teams in the
3: country right now. I think now. so, and, and they've been doing it on the mound. I think it'll come yeah. down to Oregon's offensive production and and what the rotation looks like for the Ducks. I mean, like we've been talking about it: Thursday, Friday, Saturday after you already had to have your Friday guy wait a day to pitch on Saturday because of some slush in the forecast, Mm -hmm. I mean, it it changes the dynamics of the whole pitching rotation.
4: Yeah, it's going to be a real challenge for our bats and uh, certainly our pitching depth as well. You know, we're going to do four games down there as well. We'll play San Francisco on the back end of that, who we just played here at PK. So, uh, yeah, really excited about um, some aspects of their start. Mm -hmm. I think they've shown the... The flashes of of talent and and uh, what they can do out there, but the consistency definitely has to improve.
3: You making any trips with them this year? Well, how do you plan that out for you? I'm
4: gonna yeah. So the spring gets tough with well, through the basketball season, obviously is pretty focused on basketball. But then uh, men's, women's tennis and baseball, I got to kind of juggle right. that a little bit. Um, I serve on the NCAA Men's and Women's Tennis Committee, so that creates some travel challenges for me, having to do selections and championship sites and those kind of things. So I am probably going to head to Seattle uh, for that trip. Good trip. Yeah, that'll be a good challenge, and then uh, we'll see where it goes from there.
3: I hear UC Irvine's pretty nice uh, in in late April.
4: Irvine's not too bad, although it's sunny and uh, I don't know. Close to 60 here. Yeah, so it, it, it's opening day
3: <laughs> for Major League Baseball this weekend. Uh, everybody having their opening day. It's baseball. There, I was on, I was on with our affiliate down in Medford, and they said, "So is it baseball weather up there?" And I was like, "Well, baseball weather is all relative." Yeah. For us, this is spectacular baseball weather. For Oof. the desert, you want like what 95 and sunny.
4: Yeah, we. If it's dry and over 50, we'll take <laughs> I'll it. I'll
3: take it absolutely. But uh,
4: you know, it, I think th- this team is is uh, a really interesting team to watch, and there's some good young pieces again it's just going to be about kind of coming into their own and when that's going to happen
3: deputy athletic director eric riddell with us for athletic director wednesday brought to you by Bimart. how about softball season uh and i want to ask you specifically about the the bleachers the now permanent bleachers at jane center Stadium. i know that's been a big focus for you and the rest of the staff to get those in there and it's been i imagine a process to get it all done
4: yeah well really for the last three years though the overall facility there has been a big focus particularly yeah. for lisa peterson and myself and we're really pleased with where we are over there right now. The obviously the stadium has been there for a couple of years now. And, and we were able to just finish off the outfield bleachers, which is about a thousand permanent bleacher seats. Yeah. So we've got a permanent seating capacity of about 2,500 over at Jane Sanders now. And, and they're pretty again, much always full. <laughs> yeah. The, this community loves duck softball and, and they've been out and, and had a great series with UCLA, um, what was it last weekend? Two weekends mm-hmm. ago, and it the took the up, weekend off. Yeah, it took the weekend off, and you know, great, great uh, momentum around that program. And you know, the fan experience and the student athlete experience at that facility is exactly what we had envisioned. So we're really excited about it. Um, you know, that the the, uh, the bleachers out there, you know, are, are a great addition.
3: Now that they're in and permanent, I mean, can you kind of can can kind of exhale with Jane Center Stadium now? I mean, is there a next step? I know you're always looking towards the future, yeah. but
4: now we're pretty pleased with where we okay. are with Jane Sanders. We've got some <laughs> other things around the department we've got to right. check out from a facility perspective, but yeah, you know, we we were just really fortunate that the Sanders family stepped up the way they did and and helped to bring that to fruition. You know, it's been a game changer for our student athletes and really for this whole community in terms yeah. of experiencing high-level, you know, Division 1 softball and um it's been a great formula it's worked out well
3: you mentioned that you guys are kind of always looking at what the next thing is going to be i mean how how does that work for somebody in your position you just always kind of think like okay we could do this next do this next do this next do you have like a checklist like is that literally how it works or it not that simple
4: yeah i mean you know you always have some form of kind of master strategic plan in place where you kind of know what at the end of the day, we're trying to position all 20 sports for sustained success, win championships, provide a great experience, and so you know where your shortcomings are, sure. and and we know which programs in our portfolio still need a little bit of help, and you know hopefully in the ne- over the next few years we can get everybody to where a softball program or where a basketball or where a football program is.
3: Yeah. Eric Rodolph, deputy athletic director here with us for athletic director Wednesday, brought to you by by Mart. Uh, You oversee baseball and then also men's women's tennis, as we alluded to. I said to you last time that there's some unprecedented things happening with both men's and women's tennis. Those unprecedented things are still continuing this year. You got to be happy with where both those programs are at.
4: Yeah. I mean, again, you talk about process and over the years and, um, you know, I guess we'll just start with the men's side, and and they're having another great year. They've they've had some really good wins under their belt, and they've got a, a huge trip coming up this weekend to Seattle to play Washington on Saturday. And um, you know, they they've got uh, six matches left this year, and and they've still got a little bit of work to do to solidify their spot in the postseason. But again, we've we've talked about Thomas Laurent, and mm-hmm. you know, a talented junior from France who's basically a top 10 player nationally, and. And we've got some terrific players around him, some, some veterans and some young ones. And, you know, they've just built, again, a winning culture in that program. And, you know, we're hopeful hopeful that this would be the fourth out of the last five years where we can get to the postseason. Now, we've been knocking on the door of getting to the final site, which is the yep. Sweet 16. Uh, the last two years, uh, we lost to Texas A&M and Oklahoma at their sites. And, you know, our guys went toe-to-toe in both of those matches. So they're – They've got lofty expectations. They don't want to settle for even just getting in the tournament. They want to get in and and make some noise. And, uh, you know, we're really proud of what they're doing because they are one of the programs that are achieving despite some other, you know, things that, you know, some other programs might have, you know, whether it be the the facilities and those sorts of things. So, uh, and then on the women's side, you know, Coach Silverio and and Coach uh, Robinson, they've done a terrific job just building off what they achieved last year which is the first ncaa appearance in 10 years yep. and very close to knocking off nc state in the first round of the tournament and i know coach would love to have that one back yeah. but um that was a big step for them and and building you know their program and and you know instilling a sense of belief that we belong at that level they beat ucla and usc last year and uh Again, this year we beat Northwestern, who has mm-hmm. been ranked as high as number five. We beat Rice, beat Washington again, and uh, just beat Arizona State for the first time in 14, I believe. I think it was since years, 03. 03 yeah. 15 years. So, a lot of program firsts along the way over the last couple of years for the for the women's program, and I think they're sitting ranked uh, 22nd yeah. in the country right now. So. Uh, Excited to see how the next couple of weeks unfold. They've got a trip to the – they got off this weekend. They're going to the Bay Area. They're going to play Cal and Stanford, which, you know, we're going down there. and We're gunning for both and, mm-hmm. and hoping we can come away with a couple wins there. And then they've got their last weekend here with uh, Colorado and Utah.
3: Pac-12 so. championships for both of them coming up end of April. It sinks up on you pretty quick, doesn't yeah, it? Yeah,
4: exactly. And that's where, you know, the, the spring gets crazy because you're in the middle of baseball and – NCAA selections for tennis and, and uh, getting down there to Ojai, which is a great site. It is. Any duck tennis fans out there, I encourage you to get down to Ojai one of these years. It's a fun fun venue to take in some tennis in a beautiful part of the country.
3: With juggling uh, all your responsibilities here as a deputy AD and then also serving on the tennis committee, I, I'm curious because I've talked with you about this briefly, and you know I know Rob Mullins always tells me that he's watching a lot of football. That, that's what he's always doing to kind of <laughs> get ready for the, the selection process. and. How does that work with tennis? Because I, I, I can't imagine that there's lots of like televised tennis matches. I know we have one of the better streams out there where you can watch each court on com. So how, how do you approach that? What's the research process like? It,
4: the selection process varies by sport throughout the NCAA. In, in basketball and football are obviously the most visible, yeah. and there's a lot of um, human element that goes into those. You know, On the tennis side, it's more numbers-driven, Is more it? data-driven. Uh, there's, you know, an R- RPI, for lack of a better word, that you rely pre- pretty heavily on. And then the committee runs through a set of um, steps, criteria, when you evaluate teams versus each other. Hmm. So you don't necessarily have to watch every team play a whole lot. Sure. Uh, but you do have to kind of understand the data and utilize that when you're putting the, the bracketing together. Yeah,
3: it's all about, uh, it's not all about just who's one through 64, right? There's, there's, yeah. there's some other things going to yeah, it. Yeah,
4: and and just bracketing principles change from one sport to the next, you know, basically when you get past basketball, really when you look at all the other sports it's done, you try to find, you know, after you have the automatic bids conference champions, you find the the best, whatever it is, 35 or 40 teams sure. to fill out the 64 team bracket. And then a lot of the bracketing is not done one through 64 traditionally, like you might expect. It's more geographical kind of regionalized. Yeah, exactly. So, Gotta kinda of work through some of that. But and it's fun, just me being a tennis enthusiast. I enjoy being on the committee and mm-hmm. and and it's not just about this championship and and selecting teams, but about um, you know, just developing, you know, strategies to grow the sport of college sure. tennis. So and it is continuing to grow, isn't it? Yeah, it's been great. T tele, you know, it's been more heavily covered in television, especially with the growth of conference owned networks. Yeah. So Big Ten Network, Pac-12 Network. The USTA has gotten behind it with college match days. And, um, yeah, college tennis is a big feeder into professional tennis now, and there's a lot of great players out there. So it's fun and exciting. They've uh, updated some of the scoring formats to tighten and compress the matches a little bit so that, you know, you're not out there for four and a half hours and you need two meals to watch a college tennis match. But, uh, you know, we're at the point now where it's a faster-moving competition and, and it's you know, it's a lot of fun.
3: Seems like everything just needs to be faster moving. That's what, baseball they want it to be faster. Everything. Well, that's what people love it. about softball. Right. Is that yeah.
4: it, you know the game moves along really quickly and it's just got a good pace to it. And yeah, is a different sport and it, it's got its own pace.
3: Everybody's attention span seems to be a little bit shorter these days, doesn't it?
4: Exactly. <laughs> A little Eric too Ro- short. That's i try I, to keep those devices out of my kids' hands. I, I agree with you. Eric
3: Rodell, <laughs> Deputy Athletic Director here with us for Athletic Director Wednesday, brought to you by Biomart. What we miss? Anything else going on for you?
4: Uh, not too much. You know, like you said, just trying to make it through spring break here and uh you know, excited to see what the spring will bring. We've got some uh great prospects across all of our spring sports with track and field and baseball, softball, men's women's golf and the tennises. All right, lacrosse. Well,
3: Yeah, lacrosse playing right now, actually, out of Vanderbilt. So we'll update you on that in just a little while. Well, I look forward to the next iteration of the Rodell – Dance club.
4: Yeah, I will let them know that they were discussed on the Duck Insider. The pressure and, uh, is on
3: now, apparently.
4: Yeah, they're going to have to step up their game a little bit.
3: I like, it. I like it. Well, Eric, thanks for taking the time. Thanks. I really appreciate it. We're going to get a break, uh, come back, tell you a little bit about lacrosse. The Duck Invitational uh, was going on the last couple of days for men's golf as well. We'll tell you about that. Mike Whitehead, Coach Oregon Softball, will join us in just a little while from Jane Sanders Stadium as well here on the Oregon IMG Sports Network.
5: Mm-hmm. Western bacon, cheese, burger, cheese, bacon, Western bacon, cheese, burger. I'm talking, Carl Jr., pick it up. Western bacon, cheese, burger, Carl Jr., pick it up. Western bacon, cheese, burger, cheese, bacon, Western bacon, cheese, burger, Carl Jr., pick it up.
0: It's starting early and staying late, working hard and helping out, giving your all for your team and your community. And just like the Oregon Ducks, OnPoint does everything we can to help our team win, giving local people and local businesses the banking and lending solutions they need to get ahead. We're On Point Community Credit Union, a proud sponsor of University of Oregon Athletics. Federally insured by NCUA, equal opportunity lender.
2: This is Duck Insider from IMG. From IMG, America's home for college sports.
0: Kids presents Multiple Choice Parenting.
1: You've messed up your daughter's haircut. Do you, A, get spiritual?
2: Mom, where's the mirror? Beauty is within.
1: B, find the positives.
3: Less time blow-drying, more time texting.
1: Or C, show empathy.
3: Mom, you really don't have twinsies. I kind of love it. You don't have to be
1: perfect to be a perfect parent. Thousands of teens in foster care will love you just the same. For more information on adoption, visit AdoptUSKids.org. A message from the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services, AdoptUSKids,
5: and the Ad Council.
1: Movies like Contagion are fiction, but disease outbreaks can and do happen. Early detection allows public health officials at the state, local, and federal levels to manage and reduce the spread and impact of a contagious disease. CDC stands ready to respond. Our scientists work 24-7 to address current and potential health threats. For more information about CDC's work or how you can stay healthy, visit www.cdc.gov.
3: Joey Mac, welcoming you back to Duck Insider presented by on Point Community Credit Union. It's Athletic Director Wednesday brought to you by by Get ready for your season for less. My thanks to Eric Rodell, Deputy Athletic Director, for joining us. It's kind of funny. It's a little quiet around here right now. I mean, it is spring break and a lot of teams are actually on the road. So it's it's a little bit odd. It's, <laughs> it's a little odd around here that it's kind of quiet. Uh, so it's kind of fun at the same time, but we'll see. We'll take some of your Facebook comments and questions over the course of the show today. I see a lot of you uh, out on vacation. I like that. Oregon, uh, for men's golf, was hosting the Duck Invitational this past weekend, and it actually turned out pretty well for the Ducks. At Eugene Country Club, sophomore Norman John claimed his third individual title of the season. And they secured, the Ducks as a team, a share of the team title at Eugene Country Club yesterday. Full recap on GoDucks.com. But the Ducks, I think they're still, they got a little bit of work to do, as you would say, for Casey Martin's squad. And actually, I was planning on talking with Casey Martin last week. Unfortunately, he was under the weather. So we're hoping to do that here coming up either later on this week or perhaps next week, as the Ducks will be down at the Goodwin is their next tournament over the next uh, couple weeks the Pac-12s are, are coming up actually pretty quick for men's golf and women's golf as well. As so we'll keep you up to date on all of that. Lacrosse is at Vanderbilt today. Yeah, they're at Vanderbilt today, and so Oregon will uh, well, we'll find out actually. Vanderbilt's a pretty good squad, and the Ducks have played a couple top-15 teams here in the last two matches. I mentioned it yesterday. It feels like Katrina Dowd's team just needs that breakthrough sort of win. You know, they they got to get that one breakthrough victory over a top team, and then they could start to really roll. They lost to USC in overtime. They were 12th team in the country a couple weeks ago. Played Colorado and Towson, both top 15 teams really close. I get the feeling they're just that big win away from breaking through that barrier. Also, beach volleyball is going on today, if you could believe that. They're on the road and taking in a little bit of sunshine, so we'll keep you up to date on all that stuff going on over the course of the show here today. The schedule ahead for the Ducks uh, is actually pretty full over the weekend, but Not as full as it could be, as you heard Eric and I talking earlier. Unfortunately, we thought that we'd be talking all things women's basketball this week, but now just looking back on women's basketball after the Ducks fell over the weekend in the Elite Eight. Live here at the Duck store, where you purchase to support the Ducks, past, present, and future. And looking ahead at that entire schedule for the weekend, time for today's two-minute drill, brought to you by Cafe Yum. I mentioned that there's so much going on today, but... The good win for men's golf actually begins tomorrow. So the Ducks with two tournaments in one week's time. Oregon softball also gets going tomorrow at Oregon State Civil War Series. 4 o'clock Thursday, 3 o'clock Friday. And the Ducks wrap things up in Corvallis at 3 o'clock on Saturday as well. Full preview on Duck Insider coming up on Thursday. But it's worth noting that Oregon has not lost to Oregon State since 2012. Ducks have won 15 straight over the Beavers, and nine of the wins have come via the run rule. This is a Beavers team, though, that can hit the ball a little bit better than they have in years past, so we'll see what the matchup looks like. Oregon baseball on the road at Stanford. A 6 o'clock start on Thursday, 6 o'clock start on Friday, and they wrap up the series Saturday at 1 o'clock. Todd Miles will have the call here on the Oregon IMG Sports Network for the Ducks at the Cardinal over this weekend. Remember, it's Easter weekend, and so everything slides up a day starting Thursday and running through Saturday. Men's tennis is on the road at Washington on Saturday. That is a 2 o'clock start for the Ducks against the Huskies up in Seattle. Elsewhere on Sunday, East Carolina is the opponent for women's lacrosse as the Ducks are gone all through spring break. They're on the road, playing Vanderbilt Wednesday and then at East Carolina on Sunday. We got that Easter Sunday startup for Katrina Downs team for Oregon women's lacrosse. That's the schedule ahead as it's spring break here at the University of Oregon, and the Ducks uh, don't have to worry about their academics right now and then right back to it next week. Two-Minute Drill is brought to you by Cafe Yum, restaurants throughout Oregon and Washington where special diet requests and custom orders are always welcome. Menus and nutrition info always available at CafeYum.com. I'm Joey Mack, and coming up, we're going to chat with head coach Mike White. Got a chance to catch up with him at Jane Sanders Stadium as the Ducks practicing this afternoon, getting ready for the matchup with the Beavers in Corvallis. Mike White, our guest next, talking softball here on the Oregon IMG Sports Network. This is
1: Joel Block for The Law and You with Eugene attorney Don Corson. Don, you recently won a case against an insurance company for improper practices after an auto accident. What happened? We represented a man who bought auto insurance to protect his family. When he got in an accident, his insurance company refused to settle, and he was sued. There was a substantial judgment against him. His insurance company's lawyers encouraged him to take bankruptcy. That's just plain wrong. We were asked to help the man and filed a lawsuit against his insurance company for its unacceptable practices. When the jury heard the facts they strongly penalize the insurance company for its misconduct. Most cases like this are never prosecuted because insurance companies are exempt from Oregon's unfair trade practices law. Until this law changes, insurance companies sometimes can take advantage of their Oregon policyholders. Thanks, Don. For more on your rights with insurance companies, visit the law firm of Corson & Johnson at corsonjohnsonlaw.com. The law in you is a community service and does not replace the advice of an attorney.
2: Your daily dose of Oregon athletics. This, this is, is Duck, Duck Insight from IMG. I've got the water, energy bars, and camera. I think we're set for the hike.
1: Almost. We need to protect our skin. Don't forget your wide brimmed hat and sunscreen.
2: All right. I've got the hat. I've got SPF 30. Will that work?
5: Yeah, anything 15 or higher is good. Just make sure it says broad spectrum.
2: Great.
1: Got it. I am not getting burned again. Let's go. Learn more at cdc.gov
0: cancer. Hi, I'm Kathy Rigby, and I love portraying Peter Pan on the stage. But there are many children who are facing the reality of life-threatening illnesses every day. Discovery Arts helps children undergoing cancer treatment step outside of their illness and into a world of imagination by bringing them music, dance, and arts adventures while they're in the hospital. For $15 a month, you can become a Discovery Arts partner and bring art adventures to a child facing the unimaginable. Visit discoveryarts.org today for more information.
3: back on Duck Insider, presented by On Point Community Credit Union. I'm Joey Mack, live here at the Duck Store, where we purchase to support the Ducks past, present, and future. And remember to download the Oregon Game Day app on your smartphone's app store. Stay up to date with Ducks news and social media. Tickets in the app, live game broadcasts as well, facilities information, and it's all part of the Oregon Game Day app. It's actually pretty spiffy. Works pretty darn good, too. And one thing that we have done in the past is taken your questions for a Duck Insider poll or things like that on the Oregon Game Day app as well. So keep an eye out for that over the next, uh, well, however long you have the app on your phone. I encourage you to download it. It works really, really well. And you always get a notification, too, if you want one, when our pregame shows and the events start, actually, for all the things we broadcast here on the Oregon IMG Sports Network. Softball, Civil War, Thursday through Saturday this week. Beavers are a team that can hit. Not sure how well they play defense and how well they pitch. And Oregon has really owned the Beavers. 15 straight wins for the Ducks over this Oregon State team. We'll see how they match up this year. As Mike White continuing to ride that really strong pitching rotation, but I think still searching for that consistency offensively. It's actually pretty similar to Oregon baseball, which will tell you about their pitching rotation, what they're going to do for Stanford coming up here in just a little while. I got a chance to talk with Mike White at Jane Sanders Stadium earlier to Talk about the bye week, actually. What they do with their weekend off. It's been a while since the Ducks have had a weekend off. It's a spring break. Now they get to head into a matchup with the Beavers. My conversation with Oregon softball head coach Mike White. Normally I'd start out by saying, well, you won some games, maybe you lost some games, but in this case you just didn't have any games. So what was that like this last weekend?
6: I think they say you win some, you lose some, and some get rained out. Well, some you don't even play because of bye week, but you know, it is an unusual, but... Uh, and typically, we try to schedule games. You know, like we've had Florida State come in and UL um, before. And yeah, but uh, I felt with the schedule, schedule, the way it was this year, that I thought it'd be good for a break. And uh, truly, it was, I think. And and we'll find out this weekend, of course, going up to Ballas.
3: What'd you guys do all weekend? What'd you do all weekend?
6: Well, I have plenty of projects around the house. i uh, I got a a nice little acreage um, out of town and enjoy working out there, and we're doing some outdoor area stuff. So I was plenty busy. Uh, I'm sure the ladies, you know, found other things to do and, um, you know, probably spent – it was fun watching the basketball team play. And, uh, you know, so there's always something to do this time of year. So, how do you approach that as a coach do you want do you go through and have extra practices? Do
3: you give them fully time off I mean oh I guess how do you how did you weigh the pros and cons of what to do with the schedule over a weekend like this?
6: Well, if you truly want to give them a rest, and you need to give them a break, and uh, it's more it's as much mental as as physical, I think physically they're fine, but uh, mentally you just need to get away from it just for a little bit. And well, you know, the danger is, you know, do you lose the momentum you just gained off that nice win against UCLA at home? But uh, you know, it is what it is, and, and we just got to come back. And um, it's been great for us though to have six straight practices in a row and get to work on some stuff.
3: That was my next question. Is I mean, you, it's rare that you guys actually have consecutive. Days of practice. It seems like because you have an off day of so many games. I mean, that has to be kind of nice in the middle of the season.
6: Yeah, it really is because now we have a, a, some volume of work. We can go over and look at it and see the tendencies that other teams are picking up, how they're pitching our hitters, and what our pitchers need to do to get uh, you know better down the stretch here. And um, a, as you can tell from the results, it's a, it's a great conference this year. There's some excellent pitching and some really good teams. Did you watch the rest of the conference this weekend what'd you think uh, a, a little bit i was pretty busy but uh you know trying to keep up with the with the washington Ud, um, and uh, arizona games um those those were interesting of course uh you know ucla against the beavers because we play the beavers this week um that wasn't so much on tv but uh, some interesting results and the beavers are showing how good they are all right how good are the beavers then well, they're athletic. Uh, you know, you get the kids at the top of the order there, Garcia, Weeks, Areola, and then you got some Bombers in the middle. And, um, you know, they they are offensively are a very good club. Um, you know, pitching-wise, they're three deep, uh, you know, four deep. They've got another kid that can come in, but not too not too much. But, you know, we're expecting some some velocity from those three kids. They throw pretty hard. Uh, defensively, you know, that's uh, where we've got to go to work. We've got to make sure we get the ball in play. Obviously, we can't strike out 16 times like we did against Garcia. but. Um, so we're, we're looking for a good matchup up there it's uh, it, it's uh, I'm sure there's gonna be a good following and a good crowd what were some of your focuses uh, in practice you mentioned you got a chance to think about tendencies uh, what about
3: just getting ready for this year's I mean, some of the focuses for your squad to be successful
6: well actually we've been working a little bit on the off speed this week um, you' not so much a day thrower but we've uh, you know something we've been seeing uh, fairly frequently as a team and uh, we've just been working on uh, the ability to hit those different speeds uh, you know that can be a neutralizer you know going down the stretch and we got to be ready for that on a kind of separate note you mentioned that they've got a little more depth in the pitching staff that's something you and i have
3: talked about a lot or it seems like over the last well as long as i've been around seven eight years now more and more teams have more than one pitcher it seems like oregon state to me is kind of a perfect example because I, I remember you and i even talked for a pregame show before i did a game from their roof of their press box actually and it was like well they've got one pitcher and they kind of rode her the whole way do you see that just becoming more and more common i guess with, with having more depth in a pitching staff
6: yeah I think with technology and uh everything else we've got it it's uh you know it's harder for pitchers to fool hitters consistently I mean even Garcia you know um you know th- Like they take last year for example, you know they tried to throw three games in a row against us and it didn't work. We we hit it the third game, but you're going to wear down even you know even against the best teams. I mean, so I think you got to be aware of that is you're going to wear your pitcher down, and uh, you you want to be ready for the end of the season. And so I think three deep is definitely the way to go. Do you see? I guess. uh
3: More and more players being more oriented towards scouting reports these days with so much technology and so many things like that, and you mentioned the ability to kind of pick up on those tendencies. Are more and more players geared towards scouting reports now than maybe they were even five, ten years ago?
6: Well, you can tell them about it and whether they pay attention to it is another thing, but um, definitely we're using a lot of scouting off of the the TV and the video and the the games that are on right now. I mean, even Flow Softball has got them, Um, so we're getting them – more frequently, um, and uh, so you can really do some homework on your own. You don't have to rely so much on outside scouting reports. So you can actually do your own scouting, which is huge. Are more players seaball
3: uh, ball hit ball, or are more players they want to know all the intricacies of, of a scouting report?
6: Well, we're actually trying to keep it simple. Um, you know, I think sometimes you can get too much information, and then the big thing is tendencies. You know, and um, you know you've got to you know the game is can be as simple as you want to make it or as difficult as you want to make it and i think uh, i would say most of our team is better when it's simple
3: Alright, now with this uh, schedule, you guys play Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and normally I'd say that's a little short week, but it's actually not a, a short week. You kind of like uh, getting going a little earlier in the weekend?
6: Well, I do, because it gives a Sunday off, right? So that's that's a good deal. Uh, there's always a give and a take there, but um, you know we're ready to go, obviously having that bye weekend where we want to get out there and play, so Thursday doesn't bother us. Now for the Beavers, that's a short turnaround. They got done on Monday. And uh you know they gotta go Tuesday and Wednesday then play Thursday, so hopefully uh the advantage will be with us offensively
3: you getting more comfortable with the lineup after this u c l a series and in practice this week, have you kind of started to
6: piece things together of what you're hoping for, maybe not. Well, the one and two spot, (laughs) you know, but um, I think Mary Iacopo is doing pretty good in three and, you know, Rhodes is working. You know, we'll see what happens this week. And, you know, it's still, uh, you know, it's still we're looking for that consistency, you know, um, in in the approaches especially. And uh, so it's always it's not done yet. There's going to be some changes, I think, still. All right. Well, thanks
3: for spending a few minutes with us. Good luck against the Beavers. I know it's always fun up there. I hear they're actually charging for tickets this time, which has never happened before.
6: Yeah, there's only five games they're charging for, the three against us and two against Oklahoma. So, you know... um it, it's going to be, uh, if you haven't got your tickets, uh, there's, there's going to be very few available. But there is standing room up there, and uh, we'd love to have the support. So uh, it should be a great weekend. So go ahead and come on up and support us.
3: Advice to fans, don't park in center and right field. I made that mistake, and it's a launch pad out there. Uh, you've probably heard that before.
6: Yeah, it really is. It's a pretty short porch, uh, you know, into left field especially. And, um, you know, so be careful where you park. All right, well, thanks for the time, Coach. Good luck up there against the beeves Thanks, Joey, and go Ducks.
3: Mike Wyatt, head coach, Oregon softball, getting ready for the Civil War coming up Thursday through Saturday. It is going to be on TV, and also our friends at KWVA, the student radio station, 88.1 FM will have the call, as well. Mark Grandi, the voice of Oregon softball, will be out there for that series against the beeves You know, I mentioned that the Ducks have kind of dominated that series, winning 15 straight, and... I understand what the Beavers are doing, charging for tickets. But the reason I brought that up to Coach is, you know, we didn't find out till late last week, I believe, that the Beavers are actually going to be charging for tickets, which is something that hasn't happened before, actually. it's It was a little bit odd. And so they're charging for the games against Oklahoma, and they're charging for the games against the Ducks. So fans, if you've gone up there before, and you're used to just going into Corvallis and saying, all right, yeah, I'm good to go, you know, we got – Got my. Don't need my tickets, just show up and good to go. Remember, they are charging for tickets, so if you're planning on going, might want to get them ahead of time. Or you can go and get them, I understand, at the box office, but just remember that things can be a little bit uh, high in demand, I'll put it that way. So like Coach said, if you haven't gotten your tickets, you may want to do that sooner rather than later. But we'll see what happens. This is a team for Oregon State offensively, they, they, they kind of have that lineup that stacks up as you'd expect. A couple speedsters at the top, thumpers in the middle, and it is a little bit of a top-heavy lineup, though they do go one through nine. Now, the other side of this, though, is they do have, as Coach said, the three pitchers, but they're not three pitchers like we're talking about with the Ducks. I mean, Miranda Ellish, Megan Kleist, Maggie Ballant, those three, I think, are probably your bread and butter of the series for sure. And I think it all may come down to how well they pitch and how well the Ducks just put the ball in play. As Coach alluded to, if you strike out 16 times like you do against Rachel Garcia in UCLA, you're probably not going to do all that well up in Corvallis. But I think this is still a team that on paper Oregon should beat and should beat handily. But of course they got to show up and be able to do that Thursday through Saturday for Oregon softball in the Civil War in Corvallis. Uh, some updates on the rotation for Oregon baseball. They're going to change things up a little bit with this Thursday through Saturday series at Stanford we'll tell you about that and it's also worth pointing out that Mike White I think it's gonna be interesting to see who he starts in this series against the Beavers maybe Maggie Ballant gets out there and starts a game we'll see a lot of questions with these series that have been moved up things do change a little bit when you have the Thursday through Saturday everybody's a creature of habit particularly athletes particularly diamond sport athletes and it's a little different for both of these teams here this time around this week with it being easter on sunday talking oregon baseball and everything else around the department when we come back duck insider here on the oregon img sports network
0: like any winning team it takes every part of emc insurance companies working together to successfully ensure that our agents policyholders and employees can count on emc and they do They count on our broad range of insurance products and services. They count on our superior level of personalized service, and they trust that we will continue to be a financially stable partner, just like we have been for more than 100 years. All of this makes EMC one of the nation's premier insurance companies, and that's something you can always count on. (laughs) Mm-hmm.
5: Western bacon, cheese, burger, cheese, bacon, Western bacon, cheese, burger. I'm talking, Carl Jr., pick it up. Western bacon, cheese, burger, Carl Jr., pick it up. Western bacon, cheese, burger, cheese, bacon, Western bacon, cheese, burger, Carl's Jr., pick it up.
2: Duck Insider from IMG. This is the Oregon IMG Sports Network.
1: Practical Poly Radio, I've switched to cooking with healthier oils, so now what do I do with all these tubs of lard? Skinny jeans feeling too tight, a bit of lard on your hips and thighs, and those pants slide on like a dream. So there's no need for that lard to go to waste. But get your best heart-healthy trade-up with healthier oils, like canola, olive, or other vegetable oils, which can actually lower your chances for heart disease. Learn more at heart.org slash face the fats. Canola Info is the national supporter of the American Heart Association's Face the Fats campaign.
2: This broadcast of University of Oregon Athletics is authorized under rights granted to IMG College, LLC, by the University of Oregon, and is intended solely for the entertainment of our listening audience. Any publication, rebroadcast, retransmission, or commercial use of the descriptions and accounts of this game or show without the express written consent of IMG College and the University of Oregon is prohibited. The announcers are selected by IMG
3: College and approved by the University of Oregon. Today's legal disclaimer brought to you by Corson & Johnson Law Firm. In life as in sports, you have to enforce the rules to keep people safe. Learn more about how the law can help make our community safer at CorsonJohnsonLaw.com. The Corson & Johnson Law Firm is a proud sponsor of the Oregon Ducks. Joy Mack, welcoming back to Duck Insider presented by On Point Community Credit Union. I haven't heard that one in a long time. Spectacular. <laughs> I, bet, I bet, Randy, you don't even know what I was describing when I said that. Hey, you're right. I wasn't your producer yet. So, Johnny Munt, the Munt madness game against Tennessee. That was what I was alluding to when I said spectacular. Spectacular. Apparently, it has resonated well, and it's become a tagline of mine. I don't even think I say that all that often. I do just I go, Whoo. Well, that one I, I do say. The infamous four-point play could be coming up. <laughs> uh. That's We're all. You know, you know,
5: There'll be a few more of those, Joey. As, that's you the know. thing,
3: I, I don't have near as many as Jerry and Jorgie. Well, no, I mean Jorgie's got the best one ever. I mean,
2: that's highlight stuff right there.
3: You can use that for almost a lot anything. Of yeah, you know, and then this one here works out very well on most occasions.
5: Efo, Efo,
3: classic. Mm. Michigan State, 2014, I believe. Yeah. Speaking of Michigan, break up the Wolverines. Yeah. Final Four, Frozen Four. Oh, yeah. That's yeah. true. That's true. I want to tell you a little bit about Oregon baseball for the weekend. Uh, Stanford is the opponent. Mm. Stanford's number two in the RPI. They're ridiculously good. And now, get this, the Ducks have just announced that right-handed pitcher Kenyon Yovan is going to start on Thursday. So after he started on Saturday, moving into the rotation from the closer spot, he was at a freshman All-American at closer last year for the Ducks. He's going to pitch on Thursday. A little easier for a guy that's used to the short rest being a bullpen arm to come back and pitch earlier on short rest. And so with this shortened week, the Ducks are going to keep Matt Mercer in his regular Friday spot, and Kenyon Jovan is going to start on Thursday. That's interesting because Tristan Beck, who's been a reliever for Stanford as well, is also going to start on Thursday. He's been outstanding in the bullpen his career for the Cardinal so you're going to get two former bullpen arms that are going against each other on Thursday Matt Mercer will start against Chris Bubich on Friday, that's a heck of a matchup and then Colby Summers against Eric Miller on Saturday for the Ducks and the Cardinal Todd Miles will have the call for all three games on the Oregon IMG Sports Network Thursday through Saturday, Thursday at 6 Friday at 6 and Saturday at 1 for the Ducks against the Cardinal, they're traveling today I'm Joy Mack. We'll talk to you tomorrow. Uh, Rob Mosey will join us. Talking softball, too, here on the Oregon IMG Sports Network.
5: I rescued Toast from a shelter in 2011. I love Toast because she's a lazy diva. Toast does whatever she wants, obviously. She's sleeping right now. She's so loving. She's so comforting. When I walked into the shelter, I knew right then that she was special.
0: Toast, Instagram star and shelter pet. Amazing adoption stories start in shelters. Start yours today. Visit shelterpetproject.org to find a pet near you. Brought to you by Maddie's Fund, the Humane Society of the United States and the Ad Council. When is the best time to talk to your family about staying in touch during a disaster? When floodwaters reach your door? When wildfires are engulfing the edge of your neighborhood? or an earthquake is destroying buildings or is the best time perhaps today during a disaster you may not be able to stay in touch with your family or friends as easily as you think go to ready.gov communicate and make your emergency plan today don't wait communicate brought to you by fema and the ad council
1: hi mom is claire's birthday party today me again mom where did i put my history book Hi. Sorry, forgot one last thing. Sometimes it's hard to concentrate. At school, I start looking out the window, and then I forget what I was supposed to be thinking about. I know it seems like I don't care, but I do. It's just difficult for me. Love you, Mom. Bye.
0: Join parents and experts at understood.org, a free online resource about learning and attention issues to help your child thrive. Brought to you by Understood.org and the Ad Council. Alvin
1: and the Chipmunks want to remind you to keep bacteria and food from making you ill with four simple steps. This will be a walk in the park. Clean. Wash hands and surfaces often. I'm waiting for the rinse cycle. Separate. Keep raw meats away from ready-to-eat foods. Yep. Cook. Make sure meat, poultry, and seafood is cooked to the right temperature. Fire. And chill. Refrigerate food promptly. Check your steps at foodsafety.gov. Brought to you by the USDA,
0: HHS, and the Ad Council. The road trip to food safety starts at foodsafety.gov.
2: You've been listening to Duck Insider on the Oregon IMG Sports Network, presented by On Point Community Credit Union. Better banking, local solutions. A special thanks to University of Oregon Athletics Director, Rob Mullins. Duck Insider is an exclusive presentation of IMG, America's home for college sports.